Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Ken G. Thanks for being on the show, Ken. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Ken is the founder and managing partner of KRI Partners and the KRI Group of Companies. He has more than 24 years of significant real estate, banking, private equity transaction, and principal investing experience. Throughout his career, he has been involved in transactions valued in excess of $2 billion. Uh, Ken, welcome to the show. I've enjoyed just getting to talk to you a little bit before we started recording and hear about what you are doing in this space, what you've done over 20 plus years, and now how you can help others that are getting into this space to better understand things they need to know. So give us a little more about your focus right now, and let's jump in. Sure. Our focus right now is always been multifamily. We always look at BC class assets. We always look at value add deals. I think that's the best way to be in this business. Right now, our market is generally central in Northern Florida. And we've done a number of syndications. We're in the process of transitioning to the fund structure, simply because in a competitive market like Florida, there's a lot of syndicators and you need to find a way to stand out. And so the fund model puts the money in advance of the deal, which makes it a lot easier to get a seller to agree to sell to you. So that's it in a nutshell. It puts the money in front of the deal. Would you just highlight maybe one or two things? I know there's numerous people that are debating about doing a fund now, more than ever probably. Could you just highlight a couple of things that have helped you to start your fund successfully? The first is that we've been doing this for a long time, and we've had multiple syndications that have been very successful. The first goal is that you have to prove that you can do this on a one-off property basis. Now, the reason we're going to the fund is because we're in competitive markets, and in competitive markets, you know, you'll get in Florida, Central Florida, it's not uncommon to get 20 offers and you're competing for that deal, right? That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to overpay. You're certainly not going to underpay in that environment, but it's more about getting your seller to want to do business with you. And sellers care about three things. They care about price. They always care about price. They care about not being retraded. So that's where they look for their buyers to be experienced so that they're not going to get retraded later on something that buyer didn't know was going to be there. And the last thing they're looking for is certainty of close. Because the last thing a seller wants to do is put a property back out on the market. Because once you do that, that property is just tainted. That's just the way it is, even in a competitive market. So what we've found over the years is when we're standing next to all the other syndicators, even though we've been doing this for a long time and never not been able to close, when we come in as a fund manager, you know, rather than find the deal, then go raise the money, we have the money, then go find the deal. And it's a little tougher to do it that way, mostly because people are now investing in us. They don't have bricks and mortar to look at. I don't have a deal in front of them at this point. So it becomes much more of a trust factor when we have investors invest with us in this environment. So that's probably the biggest challenge that it's been, but it's been really fun. I mean, we're in the middle of our raise right now and it's going quite well. Great. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. No, it's just interesting to always hear, you know, why people begin a fund and your thoughts behind that. And that makes complete sense. 
you highlighted must have proven that you can perform, obviously, to have a fund where investors do not know the exact deals they're investing in. Most likely, they're going to lie, obviously going to ask about your track record, right? If they've never invested with you before, or maybe it's investors you've had a long experience, you know, or track record with, you know, they've invested with you numerous times. And so great advice there. You know, a big part of what you do is third party management, right? And you're helping manage for new syndicators and things like that. I thought the conversation we were having before the show would be very valuable right now. I think to operators that are newer, you know, into this space. So get us started there and what you're seeing with new operators and how you're helping them. So the number one thing that new operators don't have is experience. Just by definition, they're new. They haven't done this for 23 years or 25 years or whatever. So what I find happens is because they don't have that experience and they know they don't have that experience, sometimes it's hard for them to project this level of confidence right? Because they know that they haven't done it 10, 15 times in the past. So what I encourage our clients to do, and anybody that I'm talking through, especially new in this business, is to really do a deep dive into the numbers. You've got to dive into the numbers and understand why is pest control what it is? Why is the real estate tax number what it's going to be? And how should it change when you buy an asset? every line item of your P&L. And the key is you can look at the broker offering memorandums. The problem is they do a lot of grouping and it's very easy to not have some number that's important be in your system. So what I like to do is start off with our standard P&L and I fill in the lines. I fill in the numbers. That way you don't forget any expense that's relevant and you have a good justification. And in this business, you can prove out every single number in that P&L except your repairs and maintenance number just because you don't know what's going to break. So you have to make some generalized assumptions about that. And that's where you probably got to rely on somebody like me who's been doing it for a while. But every other number you can prove out. And so what I find happens is when people do dive in at that level and really understand it, rather than using some general numbers that somebody told them at a seminar or something, right? When they dive in, they know what that number is going to be. They see invoices, they know exactly what's going to happen. And what happens is, is in my view, the best way to build confidence is to build knowledge. Because as soon as you understand what's going on, your confidence is just going to come automatically. And so you're able to now sit in front of an investor and not just be confident, but they can see that you're confident because they can see that you understand the numbers and exactly what happens because you've spent the time to really dive in and understand them. And that's the number one piece of advice that I give to people because once you do that, you only have to do that a few times for it to really start to get a feel for, wait, that number doesn't seem right. And you can spot problems right away. Whereas before you wouldn't have any idea if that number was right or wrong. You'd have to rely on a third-party management company, maybe like ours, but I'd rather rely on myself for that, right? Rather than rely on someone else for that. So that's the number one thing that I like to see new people do in this business. It's very well said. And I wanted to repeat it. You said the best way to build confidence is to build knowledge. And I've heard it's also said like where knowledge ends, frustration begins. Very similar. It makes so much sense. And how have you seen, say, the most successful, say, quote, newbies perform? You know, what did they have? Was it a mentor? Was it somebody like yourself on their team? Was it their team in general? Was it they spent a ton of time studying or researching these numbers? How did the best become the best when they're a newbie? Yeah, I go back to, I think it's really understanding from the ground up exactly what you're doing. We didn't start off in the syndication business, right? I bought from my own account, the first eight or nine or 10 deals. It was my money, all my money, no one else's money. 
you know, you really figure it out when it's your own money at play. So what makes most of the syndicators that we work with successful? It goes back to the knowledge. It's making sure that you have the right people on the team. In our world, I like to say experience is extremely important. So find that experience somewhere. Either it's a mentor or a third-party management company like ours, right? I like to think that I do help our clients with my years of experience not make mistakes and things like that. So, you know, you got to get that experience on your team somewhere and find it somewhere. And then you'll learn from that person. And don't ask them to do the hard work. You do the hard work and just ask them to verify what you've done and what you think. So that's the biggest difference. And patience. That's the other thing that the most successful people have. I mean, we'll look at 100 deals and do one, right? Well, that's a lot of work just for one deal. But the problem is just because there's a deal out there and someone else is willing to pay X for it doesn't mean you should. And so you have to have that patience and, again, that confidence to know, oh, this is not the right deal for me. I'm confident in that decision because I understand the numbers. I see what's going on. I've done the rent surveys personally. I've looked on the web to see what the rent should be or could be in neighboring properties. So I'm very confident that, nope, this is a property we should not do, and here's why I shouldn't do it, right? When people get to that level, they're hugely successful, because they just know when to act and when not to. I like how you said, you know, find the experience somewhere. And I know you mentioned property management companies. I know a lot of people find mentors or partner with mentor or partner with another group that has that experience. Is there anybody else as far as when we're thinking about our team when you're first getting started in this business that you've seen people find that experience in other places? Yeah, believe it or not, when I started, the experience I got, well, first of all, I went to every seminar I could find, right? Local apartment associations got to know people. They're usually present. The presenters are usually local attorneys and managers and, you know, people in the business. And then I got to form those relationships. So that's the first thing is to just go out and do that. On my first deal, I actually hired an attorney. He was an attorney, but he was in the business and he'd been in the business for 20 plus years. And I really paid for his sort of blessing that, yes, Ken, I see this deal. I like this deal. You're going to do okay on this deal. And believe it or not, I felt confident but I wanted that verification. I wanted that, that validation from someone who has been in the business for a long time. So I actually paid for it. And that's the best way to get the best advice, right? I always tell people the best advice is not the advice you get from a salesperson. It's from the advice that you just flat out pay for because whether they give you what you want to hear or not want to hear, they're still getting paid. And that's really, really important. So that's how we did it. So attorneys can be a good source. I definitely would not count brokers out. I mean, the central and northern Florida market that we play in all the time, there are some extremely smart brokers in that market. They know this business really well from a different perspective. You get a lot of knowledge from guys like that. I like to spend time around those guys because they see even more than we do because they're calling on these sellers constantly and they see a lot. So brokers are another good source and networking. Go to these apartment associations. Don't discount the apartment associations that are local because they have some very smart people on them. They're usually staffed by people in the business, not necessarily just people who want to work for the association. But there's a lot of volunteers that are in the business that do what they do. And you know, like me, right? We've been doing this for 20 plus years and I enjoy sharing what I've learned, right? I don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. If I could make it possible for someone to avoid a few mistakes, I feel good about that at the end of the day. So that's probably the best way I would say to find that experience. Sure. Relationships are key. No doubt about it. I like it. You just said, you know, like you do the work and you help develop your team through these relationships of experts, right? So you have that experience somewhere, like you said, 
even mentioning you know, having patience. There are most successful people have patience. And do you have an example of that maybe for yourself or what you've seen in other people or in, in somebody specifically that was new to the industry? I mean, with the patients? Yeah, I find that's difficult for myself and most people at times, right? You know, everybody wants to do that deal today. But I just wondered if you had any kind of example. Well, here's what I'll say. I talk to people almost every single day. And a lot of times I'll talk to multiple people that are pursuing the same deal. And most of the time we reach the same conclusion. They do. I let them reach it on their own. Walk away from that deal. So the trap that sometimes syndicators fall into is they want to get that first deal done, right? Because they devoted a lot of time and energy to learning the business and they want to get that first deal. The problem is in this business is the other thing I tell our clients. You do not want your first deal to struggle. You just don't. It's going to be much harder to get investors going forward. You're personally not going to have the confidence you would have if your first deal was successful. So you've really got to make sure your first deal is a good one and makes sense and it's one for you. So the other thing that syndicators get trapped in is sometimes there's some fees associated with getting a deal done. You know, you got to avoid that temptation, right? Because in this business, you really have to sign on to the concept that you're there for your investors. If you take care of your investors, you will be fine. And it's just the way it is, right? Because if your investors are happy, that means they did well. That means you should have done well. And you're just going to have a lifetime of very successful deals. So I'm trying to think of a specific example of patience, but I can't tell you how many times we've walked away from a deal and had it be the right decision. I mean, it happens every day because deals out there you shouldn't do. If you are not able to raise millions of dollars quickly and do not understand some key things your investors are looking for, you are not going to close on your next acquisition. If you're looking for some help to explode your syndication business and wanting to learn from someone that has been in your shoes, I'm ready to help you. I am taking on a few clients over the next three months to ensure their success by learning the things that have helped us to be able to raise over $10 million in 10 hours numerous times. If you are someone that is motivated and ready to take action, apply on our website to see if you qualify. No, that was really good. I mean, just how you elaborated on you do not want your first deal to struggle. And so that patience is really key just really to your career success, right? So that first deal is a success. No, that's great advice. You know, what about as you see different operators, especially new ones and experienced coming into the business or into your market doing deals, how do you like to see them prepared for a downturn? And you can speak to our current market, you know, right now or just ways that you see that they're prepared. I can talk a little bit about how we prepared, right? The pandemic really was a challenge for a lot of people. It was in many ways less of a challenge depending on how you handled it. The important thing was that, you know, in our case, we had the benefit of the 2008-2009 downturn. We were in this business then. We owned and managed then. We never lost a property. We didn't have capital calls. So we knew what a very challenging time looked like. It didn't look quite like the pandemic, but we understood what it was to really batten down the hatches. So when we saw the pandemic come, what we had to do was immediately recognize, wait a minute, here's a crisis. All right, we should at first at least overreact. We can always pull back, but let's overreact. Let's evaluate exactly what's going on. And then in our business, this is where the execution is so important. We actually have revamped a lot of what we do every day in terms of managing these properties 
because of the pandemic. We have eviction moratoriums in place. You have people that are legitimately struggling that are really good people. We just need to help them through the process. So the message here was in the beginning part of the pandemic, it's going to be hard for you to say to your investors, guys, I got to hold off for a quarter. I got to build up my reserves. I don't know what's ahead. You know, it's my job as the sponsor or the fund manager to make sure we protect this asset. So we held back for one quarter, just about everybody did. I don't know of very many people who distributed on that first quarter into the pandemic. Then after that, we got to understand the situation. Then we could go back to making our distributions and implementing our value add deals. But, you know, these downturns, it depends on what caused the downturn as to how you react to it. But the number one thing, you got to have reserves. You just have to, number one. And number two, don't be late to react. It's okay to overreact initially because you got to be careful, right? Pull back, see what's happening, right? If you're driving into fog, what do you do? You slow down till you figure out what's ahead of you. Okay, now I'm comfortable. Now you can move forward. It's kind of the very same way that we manage through downturns. And then you can set yourself up for success through downturns when you buy your asset, right? We manage a couple of properties that are right close to Disney and the amusement parks and rely on all those neighboring restaurants and bars. Well, they struggled a lot more than a property in Jacksonville in a market with a very diversified employment base that's in a better neighborhood, higher income people. You can see those two properties reacted very differently to the pandemic. So you can set yourself up a little bit on the way in for any kind of downturn because typically the tougher neighborhood, the lower class properties struggle more in those downturns. They just do. So you should, depending on what kind of asset you buy, know what to expect if you have a downturn. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Great advice on numerous fronts there. You have to have reserves. I've said it so many times on the show, talked about you know how important to me personally our reserves are going into a deal. And then you mentioned like, don't be late to react. The quicker you react, the better, right? Something's happening. You don't want to be behind on that for sure. And on that same train of thought, Ken, just what do you predict? What do you expect over the next six to 12 months? And what is your all's plan moving into that? So I think my projection, my crystal ball would depend on which market you're in. So I'm going to talk about the central and northern Florida market, right? It is a market that is growing like crazy. It didn't slow down when the pandemic hit. It actually accelerated, right? There's so many people coming from the Northeast to the Southeast. That's just what they're doing. So if you think about this business starts off with demand and supply, right? So this is a little bit about why we do what we do. When you've got increasing demand prior to the pandemic, about a thousand people moved into Florida a day net. Well, since the pandemic, we don't have the numbers out yet because it's been too soon, but I know it's more than that. We see it at our properties every day. So we have increasing demand. Think about those people that are moving into Florida. They're not all wealthy people. Some are, right? But most are not. Now think about the supply side of this business. In the supply side in Florida, they're building. They're building like crazy, but they're not building BC class assets that normal everyday people can afford. They're building the 2,500, 3,000 a month, fully amenitized, very nice properties. But there's only a small fraction of that thousand people that will move into those properties. So what we have is increasing demand, stable supply. It's not changing. Nobody's building BC class assets. It's pure economics. You've got increasing demand, stable supply, prices got to go up. I'm looking for one of those two things to break down in our market before I can say to you, I'm worried about the future, right? Some people say you're buying at the top, you're buying at the top. You've got to show me the demand breaking down or the supply suddenly spiking in the asset class that we're buying before I believe that we're running out of gas. I don't see that personally happening anytime soon. That's why we're forming a fund right now to go out and continue to do what we've done 
because I believe markets like Florida and Texas, there's a number of markets like this, they have a lot of runway ahead of them. They just do because of the way the economics lay out. The way I analogize this for people, our business is a value-add business plan. We have a long strategy on top of a long economic market, right? So they're additive. Think about it. You're going long in a bull market, not a bear market. Some markets are still bear markets, right? People are leaving those markets and going to the markets I like. So they're in a different situation. My crystal ball would look very differently for them. And that's why we just don't invest in those. Sure. No, I appreciate that detail to your answer there, no doubt. You know, you've had great success, Ken. You've been in this business a long time. Tell me about a couple of daily habits that you are disciplined about that have helped you achieve success. When I was younger, I didn't appreciate this like I do now. And I tell my kids this constantly. Your goal every day is to become smarter and more valuable as a person. Whether you're reading a book about real estate or life or people or whatever it is, every new skill that you can bring to bear in business is helpful. It's going to make you more successful. You look at Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, all those very successful people. What do they tell you they do constantly? They read and learn. These are very smart people. They should be able to rest and not have to worry about learning more, but they don't. They want to get more. They want to understand more. They want to become smarter. And I would say that's the number one thing that I feel like I do to help make myself a better person, because then I can hopefully, you know, make our company even better. This show, I've seen a lot of your episodes. You know, I've been in this business 23, 24 years, but I learned a lot from your guests. This is a very good source of knowledge that you should absolutely be paying attention to because there's good knowledge to be had from every one of your guests. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that plug there. Uh, Very grateful that you listen as well, Ken. Grateful for our listeners always. Ken, is there a way you've recently improved your syndication business that we could apply to ours? Probably the biggest challenge in the syndication world is improving your circle of influence, your investor base, right? It grows organically because when you're successful, your investors tell their friends because that's just what they do. So taking that to the next level, we've now become more digital in terms of how we market our firm and what we do. And I'm doing more with YouTube, doing more with shows like this, doing more with our online presence. For a guy that's been in the business 23, 24 years, right? I mean, some real estate has always been accused of being stuck in the stone ages in terms of technology. And I'm trying very hard to push us into that next level because the reality of the world now is this is how people interact. This is how people buy. This is how people invest. I mean, we have people renting apartments that have never seen them. And it's all because of this embracement of technology. So that's the biggest thing that I think is going to help us grow our investor base. And it also allows me to communicate with people and show that this is what we do and this is how we do it. Before, the only way I could do that was to meet them at a seminar or something. And that's different now. We're trying to capitalize on it because I think it is a really important way to grow your business going forward. And I would encourage every syndicator to do the same. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Believe it or not, online. (laughs) Online, five years, I would have never told you that. Online and word of mouth. Those are the two ways that we're meeting more people. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? My desire to dive into these details. Most people don't want to do this detail work. It's not fun sometimes, right? It's just not. But once I do it and I understand it, right? Sometimes I'm a tough learner. At first, it's hard for me to learn a topic or a subject. It's because I really got to dive in. And when I do dive in, now I know it forever, right? 
that's what I would say is the number one thing. And I wanted to ask you, you said like, as far as meeting investors, you said online, is there a specific platform or way you're doing that? Well, we're doing a lot of different things. I mean, we're using LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very important source. In my mind, that's the most important platform there is. I mean, think about people don't go on, I tell my kids, you don't go on LinkedIn to watch a TikTok video, right? You just don't. People that go on LinkedIn, they're online for a reason. And so what's that reason? And that's develop their network. I can't tell you how many very important relationships we have started through LinkedIn relationships, through just back and forth, direct messages and things like that, right? It's funny because five years ago, I would have never dreamed that this was true. But LinkedIn is probably our number one source. I mean, it's such a massive amount of information there. And there's very smart people there. So yeah, that's what I would encourage investors to do. Of course, you got to be careful because if you're doing a 506B, you really can't do that, right? You can't reach out and do some of the things that we do because we always do our C exemption. Right. Ken, how do you like to give back? Well, a lot of different ways. This is one way, right? To help teach people that are new in this business and share with them some of the things I've learned. And I learn from them at the same time. Number two, All of our people give back in our community every single day. I leave our people to do what they're passionate about in terms of their giving back to the community. So, you know, most of our people like to give back to things that have to do with kids and children and things like that. So I really leave it to them. But, you know, I really enjoy teaching other people and helping them get to the next level in their life because that's what I believe the number one way to move yourself from point A to point B is to make yourself more valuable. And I go back to the only way you can do that is become knowledgeable. That's it. That's the number one way. And so if I can help you gain some knowledge, then I really feel like I've made a difference in somebody's life. Wow. That's incredible. I like how you said that there. Yeah, we should have that daily goal of becoming more knowledgeable, which leads to more confidence and leads to many things. Just personal transition, right? You know, and improving ourselves and helping to improve others through that also. Well, Ken, great show. I'm just grateful for how you laid out your all's fund and why you're doing a fund and things you see in new operators and encouraging them to dive deep into the numbers so they can prove out every number except repairs and maintenance. But hopefully you get closer. You have, you find that experience somewhere, like you said, you know, the people that can help you find those numbers and then your third party management experience and how you're helping newbies, all those things. But, you know, even how you talked about having reserves and not being too late to react and the importance of building confidence and how that builds knowledge and, and not wanting your first deal to struggle. And so many great points. Ken, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure. So go to our website, kripartners.com. You're also welcome to email me directly, K-G-E-E at kriproperties.com or certainly look me up on LinkedIn. I'm there all the time. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.